Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Our thanks to Adams Road Band for that musical introduction. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. This week, we've been looking at a conference message given by Dallin H. Oaks. He's first counselor in the first presidency. He gave a speech titled Kingdoms of Glory. This was in a conference message in October of 2023. If you want to see the transcript, all you need to do is look at the November 2023 edition of the Liahona magazine. What he's going to do in this talk is he's going to explain that the Latter-day Saints have a loving Heavenly Father who is concerned about his offspring, and he wants them all to live in a kingdom of glory forever. More importantly, he says, he, would, he wants them to live with him and his son, Jesus Christ, eternally. But he says some things in this talk that I think are worthy of closer inspection. And one of the things that he says, we talked about briefly in yesterday's show, where he was saying that the revealed doctrine of the restored Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints teaches that all the children of God with exceptions too limited to consider here, will ultimately inherit one of three kingdoms of glory, even the least of which surpasses all understanding. Now that phrase, with exceptions too limited to consider here, is the phrase that we want to once again address as we did in yesterday's show. He's obviously talking about a doctrine that is unique to the LDS Church, and that is this doctrine about what they call sons of perdition. Now, sons of perdition have been defined by various LDS leaders, and we want to read a couple of those definitions so that you can clearly understand what we think Dallin Oaks is talking about in this particular portion of his conference message. First of all, we're going to look at what Joseph Smith the founder of the LDS movement, had to say about this, and this quotation is taken from the teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith on page 358. He said, All sin shall be forgiven except the sin against the Holy Ghost, for Jesus will save all except the sons of perdition. What must a man do to commit the unpardonable sin? He must receive the Holy Ghost, have the heavens opened unto him, and know God, and then sin against him. After a man has sinned against the Holy Ghost, there is no repentance for him. He has got to say that the sun does not shine while he sees it. He has got to deny Jesus Christ when the heavens have been opened unto him, and to deny the plan of salvation with his eyes open to the truth of it. And from that time, he begins to be an enemy." This is the case with many apostates of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now, Eric, I'm going to say either that last sentence where he says, this is the case with many apostates of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, was spoken with hyperbole, or the first portion of the quote you cited is all hyperbole, because you can't have both. Because nobody has done what he describes there. 
if you go back and you look at these things, like the part about he has got to say that the sun does not shine while he sees it. He has got to deny Jesus Christ when the heavens have been opened unto him. Who has been in that kind of a situation? When Joseph Smith said, this is the case with many apostates of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I would say, wait a minute, no, you're speaking with hyperbole. Let's look at another statement by Joseph Fielding Smith, who was the 10th president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This was spoken in a conference message that he gave in April of 1942. So at this point, when he gives this talk, he is not yet the 10th president of the Church. It's page 27. The sons of perdition are those who have had a knowledge of the truth, have known that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, have had the testimony of the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Ghost, and these things have all been revealed so that they know they are true. And then they turn against them and fight them knowingly. Sons of perdition are to be cast out with the devil and his angels into outer darkness. And if you're cast into outer darkness, that in Mormonism is not considered to be a glory. So that would have to be the people that Dallin Oaks is talking about. Now, the question is, is it even possible for an individual in the LDS Church to even qualify as a son of perdition? Now, Joseph Fielding Smith went on to say in a conference message that he gave in October of 1958, and you can find this on page 21 in conference reports, that seems somewhat doubtful. He said, I think I am safe in saying that no man can become a son of perdition until he has known the light. Those who have never received the light are not to become sons of perdition. They will be punished if they rebel against God. They will have to pay the price of their sinning, but it is only those who have had the light through the priesthood and through the power of God and through their membership in the church who will then be banished forever from his influence into outer darkness to dwell with the devil and his angels. That is a punishment that will not come to those who have never known the truth. Bad as they may suffer and awful as their punishment may be, they are not among that group which is to suffer the eternal death and banishment from all influence concerning the power of God. Now, notice clearly he's speaking only of members having the possibility, in his mind, of maybe becoming a sons of perdition. But if you're not a part of the LDS church, that can never happen to you because you can't meet all those requirements. Now, what's interesting about this is the requirements that he gives here, it sounds like when we listen to other LDS leaders, that not even a Latter-day Saint can fall into that category. For instance, you have John Witzow, who was a Mormon apostle in his book, Evidences and Reconciliations, and this is found on pages 212 to 213. Moreover, the expression, sons of perdition, is often used in the scriptures to describe disciples of Satan, all who defy God and teach untruth and who delight in lies without necessarily committing the unpardonable sin. The many brethren and sisters who have propounded questions about the sons of perdition may rest secure that with their present knowledge, they cannot become sons of perdition. So John Witzow is saying, look, if you're worried about becoming one of those, it's not going to happen. You can't qualify for that title. And then we have Spencer Kimball, and this is found in his book, The Miracle of Forgiveness, page 123. He said, the sin against the Holy Ghost requires such knowledge that it is manifestly impossible for the rank and file to commit such a sin. And by the way, that was in a correlated curriculum, Doctrine and Covenant, Student Manual, Religion 324 and 325, page 161, along with the Miracle of Forgiveness, page 123. 
The doctrine of a sons of perdition is certainly unique to the LDS Church. We don't see anywhere in the New Testament that there is a group of people that are categorized as the sons of perdition, and they're put in that category because they have met certain requirements, those requirements, of course, being those that we just read from Joseph Smith and Joseph Fielding Smith, presidents of the LDS Church. What does the New Testament have to say about this? Well, the word perdition, son of perdition, is used primarily in the King James. It uses the word perdition, but a modern translation, such as the ESV, will use the word destruction. It speaks only of the son of destruction, or the son of perdition, not sons, plural. For instance, in John 17, 12, it talks about a son of destruction, but the context is speaking of Judas Iscariot. Then we also read this phrase in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, but the context seems to be talking about Antichrist. So you have a son of perdition, Judas, and a son of perdition, the Antichrist, but we don't see a group of sons of perdition, as is taught in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This is a unique teaching that belongs to them, and the Bible does not support that teaching. Bill, Doctrines and Covenants, section 76, starting with verse 31, talks specifically about this unique doctrine to Mormonism. And this is what it says, Thus saith the Lord concerning all those who know my power and have been made partakers thereof, and suffered themselves through the power of the devil to be overcome and to deny the truth and defy my power. They are they who are the sons of perdition, of whom I say it had been better for them never to have been born. For they are vessels of wrath, doomed to suffer the wrath of God with the devil and his angels in eternity, concerning whom I have said there is no forgiveness in this world, nor in the world to come, having denied the Holy Spirit after having received it, and having denied the only begotten Son of the Father, having crucified him unto themselves, and put him to an open shame. These are they who shall go away into the lake of fire and brimstone with the devil and his angels." and the only ones on whom the second death shall have any power. But let me ask you this question. Do you think that maybe the reason why he doesn't include this, he just has a parenthetical statement with exceptions too limited to consider here, would have gone away from Oaks's idea of the positive nature of the kingdoms of glory? It's very clear that this is kind of like the Christian idea of hell. This is the lake of fire and brimstone with the devil and his angels. The lake of fire is talked about in Revelation. The devil and his angels, who are they? They're sons of God, according to Mormonism. Right. In Mormonism, Lucifer is a literal son of God and heavenly mother, just like Jesus is a son of God and heavenly mother. And we are the sons of a heavenly father and a heavenly mother. The devil and his angels are those who rebelled against the father and the son in the war in heaven, and they were cast out, but they were still considered sons of heavenly father and heavenly mother. So when a Latter-day Saint says, well, our heavenly father would never do something like that to his children, he's doing it to one-third of his children. They compose one-third of God's offspring, as we understand it. He will never forgive them, even if they were able to repent. While he's trying to portray this loving heavenly father idea, Oaks has to leave out a lot of LDS theology. 
It doesn't seem likely that any Latter-day Saint is going to qualify for this um, son of perdition, as Smith and others have talked about here. But I wonder, Bill, how many Latter-day Saints who have considered leaving the church have, as, as you had mentioned earlier, had this used against them that you do not want to become a son of perdition because then it's going to be kind of like hell. But if you can't get it, what does it matter? Yeah, it, it's really a vain threat, though it's a re- very real threat that has been wielded on members who are questioning their faith in the church. And it's not uncommon because we've heard people tell us this. We've heard personally from people who told us that as they were considering leaving the church because they no longer believed its doctrines to be true, that they were threatened by loved ones, that if you were to leave, based on what you know, you will become a son of perdition. You will be cast into outer darkness. You will not have a glory. You will not end up in one of the three degrees of glory. Outer darkness, I think you're right, Eric, probably best describes the biblical concept of hell. And it's talked about in those terms in the Book of Mormon, which seems to be glossed over by people like Dallin Oaks. They don't talk about these verses that we brought up this week. And they try to portray their loving Heavenly Father as one who would never do that. But yet, as I mentioned, one-third of God's spirit children go into outer darkness. The devil and his angels, according to LDS theology, are the sons and daughters of God. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another Viewpoint on Mormonism.